What Goes On Media, this is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. And I'm your host, Emma Goldswell. Finally, and not before time, we have got to the I in LGBTQI. Yep, it's time to meet our first intersex guest, Stephen. He's 36, he's the Pride in Surrey founder, and he only found out in the last year that he was born intersex. This is his story. To be honest with you, I didn't necessarily understand it before I found out. I was diagnosed with bowel cancer during those scans. They saw that I had a polycystic ovary. And when they saw that, obviously they realised that I had some female um, anatomy inside of my body. So that was kind of how I was born. My parents were aware of it when I was born and they chose for me to have uh, a male identifying life because I had male genitalia and that male genitalia was deemed to be fully functional and working. So that's it really. I mean, obviously that's why I identify as a man and that's why I look like a stereotypical kind of guy. And it's something that I'm kind of, I didn't understand, but I'm very proud of and I'm kind of glad that I can kind of stand up and say, yay, you know, I'm, I'm intersex and wave that flag. So you have elements of both genders, but you only found this out how long ago, Stephen? Oh, just about a year ago now. It was the kind of uh, second time that I had bowel cancer. They were going in doing lots of ultrasounds and scans. And they said, oh, what's this? You know, because I was having lots of pains. um, And they identified a a polycystic ovary. And, you know, um, it was really weird because that hadn't been something that had worked before. But because of immunotherapy and the estrogen within immunotherapy, that then kick-started this body part to start trying to do something. And that's why, um, obviously, I was having pains and niggles here and there. So you've been living as a man for how many years? Oh, my whole life. Um, so, you know, 37 years. <laughs> a whippersnapper. So you've been living as a man for 37 <laughs> yeah. years, and then you suddenly have a doctor turn around and say you have got polycystic ovaries. How on earth do you react to that? Shocked, scared angry at my parents for not saying anything um i always wondered why i'd like scars kind of down that area but Mm -hmm. didn't kind of think anything of it i just thought it was a normal thing so for me it was kind of like yeah it's just i have to embrace it but at first it was a lot of anger in me i suppose it was kind of like gosh why didn't my parents tell me this because throughout my teenage years i was always conscious of having what they call moves you know and kind of being a bigger guy I was always conscious of that trying to do as much as I possibly can to kind of lose weight and stuff but now when they explain it to me and when they um, when they kind of made me realize actually the reason why I'm a bigger person is because you know, thyroids and you know estrogen and testosterone all those kind of things potentially weren't within my life or operating the way they should have done throughout my teenage years and that's why potentially I'd had um, problems and difficulty growing up and kind of fitting in amongst everybody else so why do you think your parents didn't tell you it's very Mm. interesting isn't it It, it, it's almost uh, this is something i learned on in sex awareness day that actually being in sex is as common as being ginger there are a lot of people born with more than one sexual characteristic hey i'm intersex ginger and gay look at me i'm like a proper (laughs) i'm a proper sort (laughs) you are just going crazy in your own little venn diagram aren't you basically (laughs) oh i love it i absolutely love it i I mean i mean for me it's you know it's not changed anything um i had to obviously have the um, bowel cancer removed they then obviously during keyhole surgery they did um surgery to make sure that that was kind of removed so it wouldn't cause mini jip yeah i mean obviously I had those quick 
fire conversations with my parents. I don't really get on with them um, as much as other people do with their parents. But, um, you know, it was one of those things. I think they just didn't tell me because it's a lot to take in. And I think, it's, you know, it's quite confusing to then tell a child growing up or maybe in their teenage years, you know, you were born potentially with some female anatomy that could have kind of confused me and, and freaked me out. And of course, during those years, I was already anxious and somewhat scared of my sexuality and having to come out and having to try and hide that, let alone then coming into the world and understanding intersex, you know, intersex as well. So I think that was probably what it is. It's probably more to protect me. But, you know, when you find those things out, you think, oh my gosh, why didn't they tell me? At first, it's that anger. As it turned out for you, it was of vital importance for your health and well-being because, I mean, maybe you could have done something about polycystic ovaries if you'd known about them sooner. Certainly, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, you know, many different people have to have and take different medications depending on um, their testosterone and hormone levels and things like that. You know, there's a big debate around um, our trans community at the moment and self-identification and things like that, which is awful. And I truly believe that our trans community do get a bad rep, but also we've got to recognise as well that there are intersex individuals that also fall in that category and non-binary, you know, for when it comes to things like um, safe spaces, you know, toilets, gyms, swim, swimming places and things like that. You know, we've got to be mindful of that because now for me, I could potentially, if I wanted to and I was inclined to, I could convert my gender and, and I could choose to live a female lifestyle and there would be nothing stopping, stopping me from doing that. And of course, I was born intersex and of course that is something potentially then I could live as a female, you know, and I could, how, how does that work? And how does that fall into that kind of whole big mm. social debate? It's really, you know, it's a really difficult time for so many people out there. So it's great that I'm able to then, being a pride organiser and being somebody that's influential in the community, being able to kind of wave that flag and say, I'm intersex and I understand. And I'm, whilst I don't understand it all because it's new to me, I want to learn. And this is this is the thing. It's about being an ally to people in the community that you don't potentially necessarily understand. Well, you have come out very quickly, considering, you know, you only found out in the last year or so. But why was it so important for you to, to speak out and put your head above the parapet and go, I am intersex, when there really are so few people who are out as intersex? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it doesn't change me. I'm already having to come out daily being gay as you know you know you go to the doctor's surgery you come out you go anywhere you you know you say your partner and they go oh what does she do and it's like no it's a he you know so you're always coming out anyway mm. so for me it was just kind of another thing i don't go around saying hey i'm steve and i'm gay i'm ginger and i'm intersex it's kind yeah. of like just one of those things i put on my social media because it's important that people know that they're not alone you know if you go back 60 years many people wouldn't have put gay or lesbian or bi on their profiles and that was because they were scared because they felt like potentially they were the only person out there or you know it was a difficult time socially and that's again this, another reason why people don't necessarily come out with intersex because again people don't understand it that educational piece uh, but also the judgment the fear of judgment a lot of people that I've spoken to that have come forward and said to me thank you so much for for standing up and saying you are intersex um, a lot of people say I can't necessarily come out because I might get mocked by people in my family or people might not necessarily understand or it might affect mm. my work, you know, things like that as well. It might affect my professional entity. So, you know, two fingers up at that. Um, and, and, you know, for me, it was all about just kind of being that 
that social rebel that I am and, and saying, you know, it's surprise the protest. I'm going to use this now to, to benefit others and um, hopefully make people feel a little bit more comfortable in themselves um, for who they might be. Yeah, and, and hopefully they will do because, as you said, you know, there, there isn't really anyone in the public eye, is there? I can think of one person, and forgive me, I can't remember her name. She was in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. She's related to royalty. Oh, um, yes. Lady... Lady C, isn't it? Lady Colin Campbell. Colin Campbell, yeah. But apart from her, I don't really know of any people. No, I mean, I was lucky enough to meet um, the individual that made the new progressive flag. Um, that was at the London march that uh, Peter Tatchell did, the Reclaim Pride. That was really good. And it was good to see that the insect flag was introduced within the uh, progressive flag. So that was really good. But um, yeah, I mean, it's really hard, you know, with a flag, you can evolve it so many times, can't you? And, you know, you can have so many variations. And for me, that flag represents me. It's that inclusion of all. So the inclusion of trans community, the inclusion of the individuals that are um, BAME and, of course, um, individuals that might be lesbian, gay, bi, etc. as well. So, you know, that was really good um, to see that introduction of that flag. Really good. So have you met anyone else who's in sex then? Just that individual, just that individual that made uh, that flag, yeah, and uh, um, and a couple of people have emailed me just off the back of my social media, just putting um, that I'm intersex and just posting a few things about that. But yeah, it'd be nice to see more education around it, just because it is more common than people realise and recognise. So it'd be good to potentially see something like that on TV shows like Naked Attraction and stuff like that, because um, uh, we all know that we do exist. Stephen, it sounds to me like you're offering yourself up to go on Naked Attraction. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not single. I am (laughs) very happy. I'm in a a poly relationship with two partners that I love and adore. So um, it's all good. (laughs) So, yeah, so you mentioned polyamorous relationship there then. So we should talk a bit about your sexuality as well. So you you came out as gay. How old were you? Oh, gosh. Uh, When did I come out fully? (laughs) It was quite funny. I, we had a computer indoors. I looked at something I shouldn't have done. And my mum covered for me for many years and said that she looked at something when my dad found out on history, which was quite funny. So my mum knew um, before everybody else when I was probably about 12 or 13. Well done, mum. The days of pipe dial-up broadband as well, which was quite funny. And then, yeah, I think it was about 50, 14, 15 maybe that I actually came out to other people. My dad didn't take it very well, but he's come around to the idea it was a tough time because you know i grew up in the 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 shadows of section 28 right section 28 was happening nobody was talking about you know homosexuality the only things that we saw were then the first kiss on eastenders i think it was and then you know there was something on hollyoaks when i was growing up and it was kind of like oh you know and everyone the next day were talking about it like it was some kind of disgusting thing that had happened and i'm sitting there in the corner thinking oh my gosh that's what i want that's that's how i want to live so that was quite difficult um but my family were fairly supportive my dad kind of just kept his distance because he didn't understand it and my um kind of second eldest sister kind of came, became the favourite. She was like the tomboy. She liked the wrestling. She liked the football. So she would go to the football and do all that kind of stuff with him as opposed to me. But I think a lot of parents grow out of that, not hatred, but that, that uneducated view over time. Um, so I, th- I would say that anybody 
out there that is struggling with you know coming out and potentially they've come out and their parents haven't taken it well give them time because it is a big thing for them as long as it you know as much as it is a big thing for you it is a big thing for them as well and give them pieces of information point them in the direction of charities like flag so just going back to your mum discovering some hanky panking that you've been downloading <laughs> online um did she say anything to you then so you so she knew it was you and you knew that she knew what did what, what words were exchanged it was very very awkward my dad got home and um he was doing something with the computer and he was like uh what is this Stephen? what have you downloaded and i was like I haven't. It wasn't me. He was like, yes, it was. What have you done? You're disgusting. Da, da, da. And my mum was like, no, actually, it was me. So she just kind of covered it and she covered it well uh, for quite some time, actually. And then I learnt my lesson. Make sure you put on, in private browser on. <laughs> but, did, but did she say anything to you? Did she say, look, do you no, it was kind of just like sexuality? A, it was really bizarre. Um, she kind of just gave me the wink and that was it you know we kind of just got on with things it was I think it was because she just didn't want to talk about it maybe it was an awkward thing for her my parents were quite young uh, my mum was what 13 14 when she had me my dad was one year older um so when I you know was in my teens they really were quite still quite young yeah. um and my grandparents you know were quite young so it's quite nice to have a young family because they were a lot more accepting. I think for just for my dad's point of view, I think it was just that non-education. It was that, oh, what are they getting up to kind of thing? And he didn't know any gay people, or at least if he did, he didn't kind of mention them. And were you expressing yourself at school? Was there, was there any element of bullying or were you just sort of getting on oh, with it? Oh, gosh. And- I, I was bullied more for my hair than my sexuality, to be honest with you. Um, there was one teacher that I kind of came out to that was really supportive. He was as flamboyant and gay as ever, um, which was really nice. So it was, it was good to be able to go and speak to somebody mm. um, about it. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't really bullied. It was more kind of the odd jibe here and there, like, you know, oh, go and do this to such and such who they knew was really gay. And, you know, th- there was always one person that had like extroverted hair or done something a di- different to their blazer or something. So at school, we had a couple of people that were very out. So, of course, when people made comments, it was normally like to me about and you know, go and get in the closet with so as opposed to anything else but it wasn't really bullying it was more kind of like light teasing but then so i suppose at some point you did sit down and have a conversation with your dad then over the years you know we had conversations about um about me i think you know it became easier my dad moved in with me for a period of time um during his divorce and during that period of time we came became quite close and i think he realized that it wasn't just people coming and going it was actually me looking for love looking for somebody to spend my life with but I think his idea was because of what you know you saw in the public eye and you saw out there you know the AIDS pandemic and you know HIV and all the rest of it it was coming across to him during my period of growing up during the 80s and early 90s it was coming across to him like everybody was out there clubbing pubbing getting you know absolutely wrecked and and sleeping with one another but actually that isn't the lifestyle what I wanted to live the lifestyle that I wanted to live was yes I'm going to go out to heaven once uh you know every other week you know and sleep on the park bench at the train station till five in the morning and then get the first train back yes I wanted to do that of course I did but it wasn't like I'm going out every week. I'm going out and get, bringing all these guys back. Well, you, you want the same things that everyone else wants, which is to be loved love and, and happiness. To be understood exactly, for it. Yeah. exactly yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. And you found your love then, by the sounds of it. 
yeah so i found my first partner i say this very <laughs> very uh, lightly and obviously I'll cover this very quickly um i found my partner and we were together for six years and then about a year ago we both met somebody else um and are in a polyamorous relationship and a polyamorous relationship is um or can be one or two things it can be a, a closed poly- polyamorous relationship where it's just mm. the people that are in the relationship have that relationship and that's it or it could be an open poly relationship which is you have a relationship but you have a relationship with other people as well ours is a closed poly relationship it's us three we're very happy and we love each other you know equally we get on really well we we feel like best friends you know we're, we're at home we'll take it in turns cooking we'll clean and whatever and that is how it feels for us it felt natural um so for us it works we're like i said in a closed relationship so we're not going and harming anybody else or bringing anybody else in it's it's us three against the world and you know it feels really lovely for us and if there's just three of you then is that not a thruple is that it's a thruple yeah it's a thruple but it's a thruple yeah. okay and does that does it never get complicated do you never get jealous of um you know if they if them two are getting down to it and you're excluded or no no i mean you know uh... at first it was a bit kind of like oh how are we going to do this what's going to happen um but like now they're out and about and i'm at home and you know tomorrow i'll be out and about with you know one of them and and somebody else would be busy at work or whatever. It's love, isn't it? It's, you know, if you're happy and you're content and it's not doing anybody else harm, why not? And that's how we see it. And, and of yeah. course, it's about happiness. But if ever you're confused, one thing I would say relationship-wise is just talk. The reason why our relationship works is because we've been so open and transparent and honest with each other. And as long as you are open and transparent with each other, no one is going to get hurt. And that is the thing. You know, there are so many people out there that are, you know, cheating on one another and whatever. And that, you know, that is harmful. But if you're open and honest and you're talking about your relationship and you're keeping it clear, then, you know, why not if you're all happy and content with it? Of course, if, if my original partner said, look, this isn't, for me or if I had said this isn't for me then we wouldn't have gone with it or we would have talked about it but of course it just worked and have you had to come out to both of them then as being intersex how did that how did they react oh my original partner that I was with it was kind of like you know I've got cancer oh and by the way I've I'm, <laughs> you know I'm intersex it was kind of like that you know yeah. and it, it didn't phase anybody it's not phased anybody we've we kind of just get on with it because it's not changed me I've not changed no. so you know, it's just like if, if there's a, a teenager and they kind of, they kind of go, I'm gay, they're not going to change. It's still the same person, still yeah. love them, still hold them, still respect them, mm. still cherish them. They're not going to change. So I'm not going to change. And given those two things going on, there's a lot more to talk about with the big dreaded bloody C word, isn't there? And there's a lot of exactly, um, tra- yeah, treatments to, for you to go through and, uh, you know, a lot of Well, I've got through all of that. I had my fir- final operation. I've got the all clear from anything inside me. Um, I've had all the bloods and everything to say that's fine. So, you know, for me, I'm happy. I'm yes. content. I'm in a relationship. And now I can live my life and hopefully use my experiences to better other people's lives as well. And that's kind of what I want to do. I want to help others that are out there. So do reach out if you ever want to chat about intersex or, you know, polyamorous relationships or anything like that yeah well it sounds like you've had to come out quite a lot then so you've come out as being gay then you've come out as being intersex and now you're kind of coming out as being in a polyamorous relationship as well which you know you've talked about a bit but it does have a bit of stigma to it doesn't it have you ever had any flack or problems because of that coming out as being polyamorous uh yes uh 
People don't necessarily understand it. People think that you should be monogamous between two people. But the way I look at it is, you know, we're not doing anybody harm. We are all in love. We are all communicating with each other and happy with each other. So if you don't like it, lump it. Yeah, you don't have to get involved, do you? Exactly. Exactly, yeah. And it's not going to be a quadruple or anything like that. No. No, so we're, we're okay. We're fine, thank you. Four's a crowd. No, we're not having that. <laughs> <laughs> the bed's big enough for three of us, not for anybody else. It's okay. Oh, is it? Is it you're all in one bed then? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's got to be the way. I feel like I'm asking loads of really intrusive questions oh, it's like, now. It's not like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, we've got a super, super king size oh, yeah. or whatever it is. It's, it's like a lay you know I'm not, i won't take you to the bedroom but because <laughs> i'm <laughs> but it's it's a very it's a very big bed you know so uh, yeah we all fit how oh, fantastic so um you you touched on this slightly earlier but if you would have any advice to anyone else who's maybe just discovered that they were in sex or didn't really understand it what advice would you you have to to others um so anybody that's in you know intersex or just uh, doesn't necessarily understand it go and search online you know there are a number of um, charities and organizations that you can reach out to um, switchboard are really good and they actually have individuals there that can talk to you about um, intersex and likewise if you're a friend relative colleague of somebody or um, you know you, you're just trying to want to be an ally and you want to find out how you could be more of an ally uh, the family of lesbians and gays charity FLAGG is really really good and um, I would say go and check them out because they would be able to put you in touch with local charities and signpost alternatively reach out to your local pride pride organisations they have those contacts there already you know so wherever you are go and check out your local pride because it's likely that they'll have a link on their website or something to signpost you somewhere that can help you yes well spoken like a true pride organizer there i don't even mention the fact that you are uh, one of the main organizers of pride in surrey so just want to say congratulations again for an amazing event earlier this summer and thank you it's a pleasure to have you it was really really good thank you for inviting me and bringing me back to my hometown from a long long time ago of godalming it was just a, the, one of the best days of 2021, I have to say. It was definitely needed, you know, coming out of COVID and well, we're still not out of it fully, but coming out of that mm. period where we had to lock down and not have any events, to have an event, bring people together and be able to showcase some of the great talent that we've got in Surrey and showcase some of the, the charities and the places that are uh, available to people and also a beautiful town. It is mm. such a picturesque, lovely town, the church, the cobbled streets going around and, you know, really great some local shops and things shout out to Godalming because they were fantastic a truly inclusive bunch that run the local council and it was such a pleasure to work with them oh it's so good to hear having spent my teenage misspent youth drinking cans of Carlsberg special brew in that that exact location it feels very fitting to uh, suddenly like 35 years later be saying big up to Godalming and the parish council (laughs) but thank you Stephen thank you for organising Pride in Surrey and thank you for being um, probably the UK's best poster boy for um, being intersex now I should say Oh, oh, thank you very much. That's a great accolade. You never know. There might be an award for that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, I'm going to make you one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what a story. Thank you so much, Stephen, for talking to me. And if you've got any questions or you do want to make contact with Stephen, he is genuine about his offer. And you can follow him on Twitter via at Stephen A. Ireland. 
Next episode, you'll meet Stevie. They're a musician and a podcaster living near to New York. They identify as non-binary or genderqueer, but first came out as gay as a teenager. I, I genuinely thought my mother would completely disown me and kick me out. And when I did come out to her, and like for me, the sort of coming out process was complete when I told my mother, because everyone else knew except, except her. Mm. Um, and, you know, we don't have a good relationship now. I mean, you can imagine if she didn't have a good relationship when I came out as, as gay, coming out to her as non-binary not, didn't, didn't go well either. But when I came out to her as gay, her response was, is this because you can't get a boyfriend? <gasps> so, yeah, that was, that's money.